Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Hi, I'm Chunt, and I'm a DJ. And I'm Mac, and I'm his MC. Mic check, one, two, one, two. We're just two northern lads who love music and good conversation. And this is our podcast, Roots and Rhymes. Hi, and you're listening to the Roots and Rhymes podcast, the show dedicated to taking a deep dive into the musical journey of your favourite British Asians. And I'm Chunt. And I'm Mac, and today's guest is the bigger and better for season two that we promised. On this week's episode, Mac and I will be speaking to a true legend and well-respected mammoth of the industry, Bali Sagu. We go from talking about flogging mixtapes in Birmingham to performing alongside Michael Jackson, and this is definitely my best repeat today, and I'm not just saying that. <laughs> It'll be great for us to feel like you're a part of the show, so you can have a good old chain while with us on Twitter, or you can follow what we're up to on Instagram, at Roots and Rhymes. And if you like what you hear, then don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you prefer to listen and download. Unbelievable show today, Mac. Um, really, really, really excited. But before that, what have you been listening to this week? You know, what? I've been on a John Legend hype this week. You know, I just I just heard a few of his tracks. I heard Love Me Now it played on my uh, uh, Alexa. I just said to Alexa, play me some feel good music. And John Legend came up and then I was like, no, no, play more from John Legend. And I just went <laughs> and play some more the, feel good yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> Down the rabbit hole of John Legend, man. What an incredible artist. Unbelievable, Chuns. Unbelievable. You know, I, I've, I've seen him live and honestly, probably one, the best yet, concert, probably one of the best concerts I've been to, to be honest. What about you? What's What's been on the playlist this week? In all honesty, I have been listening to non-stop Disney hits. <laughs> so my daughter is obsessed with Disney constantly. She wants to listen to either Frozen or the Coco soundtrack. Coco soundtrack's unbelievable, though. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what else is on repeat? Oh, she loves Big Hero 6, the movie. She loves it. And you know what? That's all that plays in the car. And when it gives you your suggested on Apple Music, it basically says, based on what you're listening to, and it's all Disney songs. Wow. Basically, we're about street as it gets right now. Between me and Chuns, we've got the whole urban scene locked down with Frozen and everything going on. <laughs> no, loving life. But you know what? Today is going to be a very musical episode. We've got uh, Mammoth Balisagu, who we, who's going to be joining us. But he he personifies British Asian fusion music and yeah. he loves to talk about it. He is Mr. British Asian Music, isn't he, really, Chuns, when you think about it and yeah. what his career do- has done, what he has done in his career, where he's going with his career. An incredible musical talent, but, you know, someone who just was there. It's not someone who's followed in the footsteps. He is he is the footstep maker. You know, he's been there. He's created the pathway for us. Uh, so it's going to be an incredible journey to hear his thoughts and viewpoint on being there at the time where it was happening. So today's guest has a discography spanning 30 years. His music defines fusion within the British Asian culture, and he showcased that by not only being the first Asian artist on BBC Radio 1, but also featuring his UK chart, a hit on top of the pops. Oh yeah, and not to mention, he's toured with the legend himself, Michael Jackson, but somehow, still in his spare time, he supports fellow producers by releasing sample loop albums. He truly is the king of remixes. It's Bali Sagu. How you doing, Bali? 
Welcome, Bally. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for calling me. No, thank you so much for for being on the show today. Real pleasure to have uh, such a legend as yourself on the on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you know what, Chans? Legend. The word legend gets banded around a bit too often these days, doesn't it? But we can really <laughs> truly say we've got a legend on the show today. So absolutely, no, welcome, wow. really excited. Awesome. Really excited about this awesome. one. And first of all. I want to say congratulations on the new release, Ginna John, a fantastic tune, great drum pattern on there, really hits you like the old school, and uh, I'm a big fan of it, love it. Oh wow, nice, awesome. I mean, I try to capture that whole 90s essence, man, mm. I mean, it's whole Balisugu 90s vibe, that whole uh, sound that people kind of, uh, if you were around in the 90s, then you would definitely remember it like yourself, yeah. oh. but there's so many young kids who, to them it's retro now, you know, it's all retro, for me it's like, the biggest thing ever happened really i mean 80s 90s and the whole new project has that kind of a lean you know so that's pretty my thing you know yeah so yeah. really taking it back to that retro feel and nostalgia um it really comes I, th- I think it's good because the scene needs it you know so it's cool man i mean i think why not you know i mean and anyone no matter what age you are everyone likes a bit of retro stuff whether you like the 50s you like the 60s um kids today you know obviously a lot more younger so to them something retro is like 10 years ago for me it goes beyond 10 years you know? it's cyclical as well isn't it musical trends are cyclical they come and go yeah. and new things come back but what's great is you where they use lean there you're able to lean on that sound and for us it's like oh we hear it but for the new school people it's sounds still model there's still something in it for them as for them as well which is a really yeah. nice place to be absolutely i think you know it's key thing to have those uh things that we grew up with in the scene today because if you was i always say this if you was not around in the 80s and the 90s you definitely missed out on some amazing songs amazing yeah. tunes amazing synth sounds yeah um just look at the mainstream not just india uh not just bollywood but just globally yeah. everybody you know i mean disco soul music reggae music you know they always have that real nice warm sound to them mm. from that time whereas today's sound is all very clean and very hard hitting and stuff and that whole analog warm sort of sound is something very special that's why obviously when you listen to something like michael jackson or something everyone just goes wow because it comes yeah, there's different. something about it isn't it it just captures that there's whole, so much attention to detail there whereas now digitally yeah. that detail comes so oh, easily no. whereas yeah. With the yeah. analog sound, it's, it's everything so sounds the same special. now. It's all clean. It's all yeah, polished. Yeah, it's all you know. It's all maximized. Yeah. It's all normalized. It's all you know. Just ah, yeah. How yeah. much more volume can I get? It's yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I gotta get the loudest track. You don't need the loudest track. You're losing all your peaks. You're losing all the dynamics. You're just just losing it completely. I I, I totally agree with you. Rewind. Let's take it back. Know your roots. So, Bali, you were, you were born in Delhi, uh, but you grew up through the 1970s in Bolsal Heath, Birmingham, an era where there was a big emergence of UK Punjabi bands. Musically, what did them early years look like to you? Well, I mean, obviously, I grew up in a uh, part of Birmingham, Bolsal Heath, which had very few, if any, Indian Asian people really had, mm. you know, uh, we had a lot of... Uh, racism we had a lot of tension i used to get my bug my turban knocked off uh, i went to a school which i hated going to i was always picked on and the only way my escapism was coming back home and listening to radio one top 40 really? and listen to the songs and 
getting my cassette player and recording them. And then I was always just jamming and that was my escapism. And so growing up in that part of Birmingham, um, Birmingham B12 was my postcode. And so absolutely, it was a very, very difficult time, you know, because we didn't have any setup really. We didn't have any status, you know, like we were a very, uh, we stuck out if we walked down the road and, you know, we used to get picked on quite a lot, Mm. especially where I used to live. Um, I still remember those days, you know, um, now. And I think, wow, how things have changed. But um, yeah, I mean, that kind of molded me in my scene. And I grew up with a lot of black guys. Mm. Um, I didn't have hardly any Indian friends. Um, I didn't like Indian Asian music. It was all Bollywood, like my mom and dad would listen to. Mm. But that was something back in India that they were growing up with. Mm. So I couldn't relate to that. I mean, there was no bass lines. Where's the drum beats? And I was listening to proper uh, songs coming out of, you know, Jamaica and coming out of the UK, coming out of America. And I was really into those sounds. And I was thinking, this is what I like. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. So, you know, that was from, from day one. I mean, I was DJing in 1977, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Saturday Night Fever came out. And that was yeah, the yeah. biggest thing to ever happen in my life, man. Yeah. And I remember the Crazy. day it came out. It was a double album. Yeah. I went to HMV and New Street and I bought the vinyl, man. And I come back home and I put it on my, my, my decks and I was like, whoa, man, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. Wow. This is 1977. So, Amazing. yeah, man. And I was just like, just the sounds, the guitars. And I was getting my cassette and recording these little pieces and joining them on a loop. And rewinding it. And making a loop out of it and seeing what I could balance on top of it without a sequencer. The original sag loops. The original sag loops. The sag loops came years later. I was always like, how can I get something to loop? What is the what is the word? It's called loop. Came years later. But how can I make this part repeat? Yeah. And I was doing all the surgery, you know, I was yeah, just yeah, chopping yeah. it. <laughs> and these, these are times when I used to open up the cassettes, man. And, um, and, and yeah, and I was doing all this mechanic and, you know, just mm. making these tapes longer and making these parts longer. So, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, coming back from the seventies, bro, I mean, that shows you my age, but yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't like I woke up one day and thought I'm going to, make some music man it was kind of injected in me from day one well, they, and my friends really they they played a very important part in my life mm. and they were mainly uh, black guys i didn't have a lot of uh, asian friends very little um and they were mainly black guys and that's why i got into that music scene i really got into it because of them well i think that really comes through in the music i mean the the ragga vibe and um a lot of the um, yeah reggae's the always been a very big yeah. thing in my songs and hence the the the, 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 the bee line but you know i mean i've always been heavy into the yeah. The drum sounds and um, the whole ingredients, you know. I mean, you know. I think that's. I mean, I, I didn't try to. Ma- I didn't yeah. try to make my music. Yeah. I just kind of like learned it, and I just grew up with it. You know, like as some people say, we're going to try to make a certain type of a song. I just make songs and music that I like and I yeah. enjoy making, and I don't say the okay. We'll try to make it like yeah. that, you know. I just do what I uh, what I enjoy making, and predominantly, it always has some reggae end to it or some R&B vibe to it, you know? Well, um, I think that's what resonates with you, isn't it? And obviously, I yeah, think them tempos, kind of, man, more yeah, so. I think them type of, um, for it to grow organically and come from an organic idea, I think they tend to stand the test of time a little bit better. Whereas if you're trying yeah. to hit something that is current, doesn't tend to, it, it, it tends well, I mean, to be a the trap scene right now. Everyone's into the trap scene yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm not into the trap scene. Right. <laughs> I agree. I, th- I think it, make, I think it's great for me, now. But does that fact, make me bad? Yeah, exactly. Five in five years. years' time, it's like 
I don't know, drum and bass or something. Mm. You know, it's going to be there and then maybe some things do. I mean, I like some trap tracks. I like some, but in the other between Jada, everybody's really into it yeah, yeah. and everyone's trying to make the same drum beat, the same mm. 808 that pumps and kicks hard and mm. stuff like that. And that's why a lot of them do sound the same. Mm. They might be, they might be rocking your subs well hard, but I mean, you know, and the next song is going to do the same thing. Absolutely. I was just saying, Bali, it comes from a place of, I think the true innovators in, in any industry really are the ones that follow their own passion and are not constrained by, oh, so-and-so is doing this, so let me do yeah. the same because it's a trend. True innovation and the sounds that last uh, like forever are the ones where trend is irrelevant. Well, it's well, well said, man. That's that exactly artist. how I feel. I mean, I don't need to follow any trend. I never have. I've always given you different types of music, whether it's raga, whether it's pangra, uh, whether it's roots, proper Punjabi stuff, mm-hmm. or if it's something really off the scale like my dub of Asia. Uh, which mm. is complete uh, today it's called Cafe Del Mar or the Buddha Bar and I was yeah. doing this back in the days and I yeah. called it yeah. you know the Dub of Asia I don't know years later this is going to be Cafe Del Mar this is going to be Buddha yeah, Bar I, and, yeah, and if you ever check that album out man I mean it was the first release on my own label on Ishk Records and I was like I'm going to do a very spaced out album man where it's just got delays on the vocals and just very chilled out vibes, man, and very, very 90s and 80s BPMs, mm. and just, just spaced out, you know? I can, I, I can have a two-minute intro, man. I'll have an intro for two minutes. Who has an intro, yeah. intro for two minutes? <laughs> a, tr- a track just to last about, yeah. about just two minutes. I, I, I hate radio play, man. I, 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 radio edits. I hate radio edits, man. I don't like yeah. radio edits. You know, I like a nice build. Jurali, one and a half minutes, man, and then the yeah. vocal. I think as well, like you said, Dub of Asia, fantastic, fantastic album. Very much uh, your Ibiza kind of vibe. Um, Like you say, massive delays on there. And it's not everyone's cup of tea, you see. That's a whole different vibe. Mm. And I know that some people will dig it and Mm. some people won't dig it. But Mm. that's just my raga, my reggae coming out from my 70s whole genre of when I grew up and bought my Mm. 7-inch. I've got loads of 7-inch records and I bought. And um, that's that sound that I was heavily into. The real serious bass lines. uh, really properly played and played like how Jamaican reggae guys were played, how the reggae music would come. Just like a Gora Kala wanted to play a doll, playing it like an mm. Indian man played. Like, I want to play as yeah, authentic yeah, yeah. as the tumbi that the Indian man yeah, played yeah, yeah. it. Because that's your competition, man. You know, mm. if you're going to play a tumbi, you got to be as good as that bad boy from India or wherever. Absolutely. Because absolutely, I'm going to play yeah. a tumbi now. So it's the same yeah. with these other things, you know. So, you know, it should sound as authentic and raw as those kind of people. And my heroes were your Jam and Lewis, these kind of producers from America whose sound was very mm. sort of, um, there was a certain edge to their music, like Teddy Riley or someone. And yeah. uh, you can always yeah. tell that, that, that was, you know, a Quincy, the obviously the God, and, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, whoa, what a sound. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. immediately you could tell like, that's, that's, that's your sound. That's that person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that definitely is with yours. And, and, very much in the early days, during your teen years, um, you started selling mixtapes to your friends outside of yeah. college. So I mean, road. Maybe following in your, your late father's footsteps a yeah. little bit, who owned a, a music shop music and shop, kind yeah. of resonating through, through that. Um, so tell me more, what were these the kind of genres of mixtapes you were selling in them years? The reggae, the dub, the, uh, the hip hop and that kind of thing. Yeah, this was, this was a lot of uh, top 40, um, the cool top 40 songs. Because yeah. I was, I, I was never into the rock or those heavy gun, uh, heavy metal 
Uh, I mean, mm. I mean, my top 40 was pretty much like the commercial stuff that was sounding nice to me. Like, you know, it could be Michael Jackson or it could be, uh, you know, anything that was really, really cool at the time, even reggae or something. You know, I mean, Bob Marley always was there. Um, but mm. The mixtapes I used to sell on Soho Road, just like Ed, uh, Ed Sheeran, man. I used to stand in the rain and say, buy my tape, man. <laughs> you know, if you want to buy the TDK essay, <laughs> that's going to be five pound because that's a chrome tape, man. And, you know, and then <laughs> here's all my mixes. If you yeah. buy a TDK D, that's going to be a pound cheaper. So, you know, on a good week, I can do about 25 quid, man. You know, and... Uh, That's good. That's and really I, good. I'll be standing outside the college, man. And all my friends used to go, um, that cha-cha boy there, you know, he's a bad boy, you know. Check out his mix, man. Cha-cha boy there. And I used to say, yeah, man. Cha-cha boy. Cha-cha boy. Cha-cha. And I used to laugh at that, man. And they used to say, dude, man, dude, you know, like how someone come and say, like, yo, I want to buy some drugs. It's like, hey, man, you got a tape, man. You got a tape. I'm like, yeah, I got a tape, man. I got a tape, man. Yeah, man, give me some of this. <laughs> so I'm like, let me just open, open my rucksack, man. Yeah, I got this one here, man. This is more raga, man. This one is a bit more housey. Electro vibe. No, nice electro. Africa, Babata, Soul Sonic Force, man. All the yeah, whole yeah, breakdancing yeah. vibe, you know. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man. So I said, ask what you like. And I said, have something like, okay, yeah, give me that. Yeah, 250, yeah. man. Yeah, 250. Yeah, I got to go home, man. Yeah, just 250, take yeah, this one. So I used to be doing that, man. I used to do that outside the... That's a real hustle from the early days. Isn't yeah, it? hands really? with the college, man. And while everyone was inside the college studying, because I went to college for two years, but I didn't attend hardly any of my lessons, man. I got kicked out. Uh, my parents never knew until later on in life. And I just stand outside college wow. all day while all my friends were in the lessons doing business studies. What is business studies? <laughs> this is business studies. What I'm doing <laughs> is business. business. You need to study yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm like, this is business studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I mean, didn't really go, do well in college, man, at all, man. But I built up a lot of uh, customers from neighboring people, shopkeepers, the KFC, the Chick King on Soho Road. Or the, mm. Shout out to those guys. They will all remember the early 80s time, man. And yeah, I used to sell them all my mixtapes and they used to play in the, in the background with their little ghetto blaster on the shelf because that, yeah, was, that yeah. was what you played. You played the tape. And I used to go there every day and say, give me a Chick King box, man, with some chips and I'll give you a tape, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I was doing that in, in Bullring. I was doing that, man. And my friend used to say, man, dude, man. And my biggest thing was getting my music in top, man. So all the fashion shops in, uh, yeah. in Broad Street, in, in, in New Street Town, I said, you know, go up to the manager and say, dude, can you play this tape in your shop, man? Because I want to hear my music in your shop, man. And he's just mm. saying, yeah, Indian boy there. What's he going to be playing? Some dinka, 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 dinka. I'm like, no, yeah, man, yeah. it's not that, man. And then when he yeah. put my stuff on, he'd be like, sounds all right, man. And uh, then that was, that was, I remember those days just so clearly, like what an experience that I'm walking around a fashion shop and my music is playing in the background, like my mixtape. And I was thinking, well, you know, yeah. Well, it really paid dividends in the end, didn't it? I mean, That's then came the, the late eighties and a huge opportunity with Oriental Star uh, Music label that you did a remix on of Hey Jamalo. And obviously yeah. they had Golden Star Magid Singh signed. They also had Nusra Fatih Ali Khan on the on the label so they're very influential so how did it feel to to get that opportunity with them to do a remix and 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 show them what you everything that you've learned of cutting up the tapes and stuff how did it feel well i mean luckily for me my dad used to work with them back in the days and he was the distributor for them and my dad always said that mm. you should listen to my son's uh, stuff he's mm. doing and um that talk was happening for some time um because during the day i was a salesman at comet i used to sell fridge freezers and dishwashers and everything man in west yeah. bromwich and in the evening, then I started taking some time out and got to the studio. And then the first track I commercially did was the uh, Malkit Singh, Hey Jamalo. I got the multi-track and I took off the vocal from there. And then I went to a studio in Birmingham here. And because uh, the label or into Star Agency said, okay, show us what you can do. This is our yeah. master. 
uh, and mm-hmm. take the master mm-hmm. to a studio. And, and that was when I was like, this is the first time I've been in a studio in my life, man. Because my bedroom was called Currywood Studio. Currywood Studio. And all of my, all of my tapes had CWS uh, on them, recorded at CWS, okay, Currywood yeah, Studio. Because but- it just sounded great, man. CWS, yeah, yeah. Recording Studios International. I'm like, it's just my bedroom and my attic, man. And uh, it was, and all my tapes had that. And had, now all of a sudden I'm like, this is the studio, man. And so I did the Hey Jamal Lotutak mix um, yeah, and then yeah. I just stripped off the vocal yep. and just uh, didn't use the Indian pieces. I pretty much just used the acapella and then just mm-hmm. put it on a, a very electro kind of a beat, uh, a typical yeah. electro beat idea. Um, and then the company obviously ordered a star and she's when they heard it, they said, we're going to press it as a single, man. I'm like, this is a single on a vinyl, man. And, and, Crazy, it, and man. it just it yeah. just flew off the shelves, man. And it was a vinyl and got played on uh, all the Asian stations and so on. And then... Uh, they obviously said they, then they said to me would you like to do an album I'm like yeah <laughs> and then wow. then obviously I, I did the the Wham Bam uh, album and that was typical of me cutting up a mega mix with all these different samples and vibes and yeah. stuff that I've been already doing from the last 15 years in my bedroom yeah, yeah, in the yeah. studio but this time it was l- legit because it was their copyright of their songs so I can only use like I wanted to use Hida, Premi, Alab, and all these yeah, mul- yeah. multi-tone and other labels that were around at the time, you know. But obviously, it was Honor the Stars copyright, so I only used their tracks. Because mm. when I was yeah. DJing, you're using everyone's tracks to mash them up. That's right. But That's obviously, right. this is an official release on an yeah. album. And yeah, that was the first album I did, Wham Bam, which came out in 1990. <laughs> I remember one, but I'm so well. It's the first tape I re- remember ever seeing in my parents' car, <laughs> yeah. in the car. The white, the white cover. It was a white cover. The sleeve. We, we, we were kept, talking kept, about this, <laughs> Bali, off the air. Yeah. Mac is is not the biggest uh, Indian or Punjabi music fan. He's more uh, into your reggae and and your, and your nice. hip hop and that side of thing. But he did say to me, he goes, "I've got one, <laughs> I was like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah. this, that, you know it's funny Bali because you know like when you're telling you're telling your story about your upbringing it's very similar to mine I didn't grow up with that many Indian friends a lot of black friends yeah, and white so. friends so you you soak up their music don't you but but yeah. wow um, well, I mean that was just a go to tape for me no matter what I was listening to no matter what other tapes were in the car you put that on and it was just like a well I mean you got to remember the Amazing technology was different I mean I had an Atari computer mm. Um, which I still have. Uh, all of my early stuff up until 94, Juralia, uh, was recorded on yeah. a black and white computer, man, Atari 1040 with C-Lab Creator software. I had no audio. Mm-hmm. It was purely just MIDI. The audio was fired yeah. off the Akai, Akai samplers with 30-second wow. sample time. So I had to cut the breath, I had to cut everything, <laughs> and I had to repeat words because you know, 30 seconds is up. Yeah. <laughs> sample time. You know what's amazing about this conversation is that, like, for the for the younger audience listening, they they don't know this hustle. They don't, don't know this no, part no, no, of the no. game, do they? They know about no, laptop no, no. and do it. All, yeah. not, like we're talking about physically cutting things up with scissors. Oh, how yeah, sticking them together. And even even from the like other than the production side, the hustle to get your name established that's that's not going to happen nowadays. People aren't going to go yeah. somewhere with a tape. Everything's that's online, so you just. You don't. Yeah. I always believe that to make it in the seventies, eighties, nineties was infinitely harder than today because you oh, had to yeah. be great at your craft. You couldn't yeah. just be a hype job. You had to actually back it up with quality. Yeah, you didn't need social media. You didn't have to worry about what car you drive and how you're going to look bling in your video. There was no videos. We didn't need videos. No. What you hear no. is what you get. 
Same with the live aspect when you went to all the daytimers and you saw these bands on stage and what an experience that mm. was. Very electrifying, you know, when you saw all these bands and um, and then the DJs scene trying to uh, bubbling through now and coming through now. Because I remember when I started doing yeah. gigs up and down the country, mm. the charge about 150 pounds or something. And I was going up and down the country, Scotland, Manchester, Bradford, Leeds, uh, Leicester, Birmingham, all around the places, man. And everyone just freaked out, man. Like, what is this going on, man? In a nightclub, man, they see music yeah. just gelling with the, the latest, current, biggest, you know, hip hop track or uh, a house track um, or electro track. And, and, and they were just blending in. They were just sounding so nice because it was the injection people needed. They needed that. Yeah. They needed that Turka, man. They needed that bass. Yes. Just a dish serve the dish to them. You know what I mean? They yeah, just wanted yeah. that little bit of, yeah, what is it, man? We need this vibe. And that was all those different uh, roots and, uh, you know, um, sounds. And then the vocals, obviously, different types of vocals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, seeing how it's changed today and what it is now, obviously, the whole different world, man. And I, I actually think people that didn't see or wasn't around Missed a big thing, man. Like yeah. you missed it. If Absolutely. you wasn't around in the eighties and the nineties, man, you definitely missed probably the best time of your life. It, like if you can time travel back then, man, uh, mm. you would see that. Whoa, man, wow, this is definitely. amazing, man. Now, this is going on. You know, the excitement of going on on Saturday afternoon and getting your dal gobi and everything and picking up a cassette that's just come out in the market. You know, this is the Absolutely. new tape out and it was two fifty. An album for two fifty, yeah. man. The man spent three six months on the album, man, and you're paying two fifty for his album, man. And that's how it should be. You're supporting the artist. You're getting the artwork. You read the tape, and you're like yeah. excited because next week you'll be back again buying your dal gobi and everything from the Indian shop, and you're gonna pick up mm. the next man's new tape. So you yeah. pick up everyone's new tape. You'll be like, "What's new this week, uncle?" And the guy in the shop will say, "This is the new one." And it was just, just growing yeah. from there, and it was growing from there. And what you got were pretty much tapes, like albums, like six tracks or eight tracks. You know, albums yeah. had six, eight tracks. And I then started doing singles and people were like, no one's going to buy a single. And I thought, well, I'm going to buy, I'm going to make singles. And then I started releasing singles. And then I did acapellas and people were like, you're robbing people. There's no music on there. I'm like, what else is an acapella, man? You know, and then I did this to groups and people were like, there's no music. It's just one. I'm like, it's a loop for producers. Because people yeah, want yeah, my loops. Exactly. I'm like, okay, here's a tabla, here's a dollar, here's a doll from Punjab. And yeah. Here's some loops from Pakistan. Because my loops is a combination, my loop CDs, for producers that have always said to me, we can't travel abroad. Can you, uh, we need a tabla or we need some hoi, hoi, hoi. So I did hundreds yeah, of yeah, hois. Yeah. I did all these different sounds. <laughs> I did I did everything. I did the brrrra, hoi, haripa. And when I, I, people I, I, hear I that, they're like, what is wonderful. this? <laughs> yeah. And I'm I like, exactly like what yeah. is going on? Hey, Bally, we just bought your new album. So groups, I'm like, why? You're not supposed <laughs> to buy it. That, that's for producers. I'm like, I know, but we still buy your new tape, your new album. I'm like, dude, don't buy my new album, man. It's the groups. It's for producers and DJs that want some, you know, uh, loops and stuff, you know? <laughs> I just, I just want to step back a little bit there, uh, Bally. And I think you're right in terms of the daytimers and that era and bringing that fusion of the the Punjabi scene and and vocals, traditional vocals, emerging that with deep bass and and drum patterns, which they're likely to hear in disco, and that kind of shaped your time at Oriental Star Music because that's the kind of music that was on Wham Bam and uh, Wham Bam Two and Star Crazy. I mean, absolutely fantastic album. And the crazy thing is, as well, Meralongwacha was the last track on that album, and it turned out to be the biggest, biggest track, yeah. 
I mean, there was, there was always a bit of a debate there, you know, because people were like, Jugni, Omera Longwacha. I'm like, these are the two tracks. I'm like, is it Jugni or is it Longwacha? In, your, in America, it was Jugni, man. Uh, for me, yeah. in the UK... Massive, that... that- it was that little uh, the treble uh, pattern at the yeah. beginning and stuff that was that, that was used by DJ Sanj later on. That loop was used on everything. I mean, you name it, everyone. But it's fine, you know. I mean, I left it clean so that people can take it. Like Anhanji, Biloni Tera Del Mangada. I know people are going to take this. They want that. They want that piece. It's a great loop. Both Mashrabdia, same thing. So yeah. I, I I just dropped them loops and I mean Honey Singh, you know, he's taken the Biloni the the tabla from the from the mm-hmm. start, which is great. It's cool. So yeah. you know, I mean, I need I need ammunition. We all need ammunition. Whatever can fire up our mm-hmm. songs, man. It's like extra chilies, man. Extra masala. You know, you need extra masala. Yeah. <laughs> the, then moving through after after the eighties and obviously your time at Orient and Star Music, there in nineteen ninety four, Bollywood came knocking and you signed to Sony Records, and then Bollywood Flashback came out. Unbelievable album, remixed with classic Bollywood songs. How how did it feel to create such such a masterpiece? Mm-hmm. And of course, Duralia, yeah. that most people now know remix as the, uh, as the original. Obviously, not knowing that it was Ardi Berman that originally uh, and and produced the song, but your version is widely known nowadays as as the original. How did how did that feel? And how was that? How was that experience uh, crossing over into Bollywood? Well, I mean, before that, I was always doing a lot of Bhangra. I was doing the UK scene and I'd kind of like got my name stamped now. You know, I had a few albums already done and which were super massive albums for me. And then I was getting the, you should try some Bollywood stuff from people, you know, non-Punjabi baby, people that didn't want to have Bhangra say, and I thought, okay, well, if I do Bollywood, I don't know nothing about Bollywood, man. So we need to get some songs that are big in Bollywood and what are nice tunes, blah, blah, blah. So we compiled this list of different songs like Rupatara Mastana, Mehbuba, Mehbuba, Kurbani, Kurbani, Churalia, which is a song I used to whistle when I was um, young in school. And then I thought, okay, fine. Uh, took a trip to India and obviously um, got some local singers to sing for me, man, because no one wanted to sing for me. So I just got local singers to say, can you sing some old songs? And they first of all looked at me like, why do you want to sing old songs for me? And no one sings old songs. Yeah. And I said, I got an idea. And they're like, you want to pay us to sing some old songs? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I got an idea. You can see the vision. I got an idea, man. And this is 1994, man. And I got so sick as well mm. because I went to India and I, uh, I, I drank some water and I got so ill and I had three or four days of really being bad. And I still went to the studio every day, got these singers lined up. And I was like, just sing on my sequencer. Don't sing to a tabla. I need to, I need to be really in time with the sequencer because I, I need the, 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 the timing of the vocals to be nice. And, 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 and it was hard to get that thing done, but hell, we managed to do it, man. And then obviously um, come back and six months later, I did the album and uh, Chiralia was three months of work. I mean, that song took the most time by far. Wow. And then I got Cheshire Cat, obviously, which I already knew from before yeah. because he was on my early stuff. Uh, and that kind of just laced the song just nicely, man. And yeah, of course, it was my Columbia Sony release. And then that was the biggest track. That was the first track to ever get playlisted on Radio One. First time ever, an Indian song. Yeah, they would never touch an Indian tune, man. They would, they wouldn't go there. Um, yeah. I, you know, John Peel playing the fantastic. track. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, John Peel was all over it. Uh, there was, it was a big thing, and everyone was like, "Wow, 
first ever Indian song to get playlisted. And I was like, one o'clock in the afternoon, man. And Churalia, here's Churalia. Here's Bali Sugu and Churalia. And I was like, wow, okay, Churalia. And uh, it was like, <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon and then three o'clock and five o'clock. And I was like, damn, this is really good. And I'll tell you something else, man. Check this out. When I was recording the album, when I was recording Churalia, guess who was standing outside the studio door? Adi Berman. Unfortunately, right, he left before I no finished way. recording because someone had told him through the recording that a guy's come here and he's recording your old tune. And he was like, why? Why would you want to do that? No one does that. And it was like, mm. it wasn't the done thing. Record a new thing. Yeah. But no. And unfortunately, when I left the studio, he had already left. And then uh, before I finished the album, he sadly passed away. And I was like, I would have loved for him to have heard what I had done because he was actually oh, outside. Absolutely. And But I dedicated the whole album oh, and it's obviously written on the back of the album then you know, I dedicated in the mm. late memory of the great R.D. Berman because I would have loved to have hear what he would have thought about it because that man was this major magician, man. He was oh, always was, was experimenting with some far-out stuff. Um, wow. But I mean, of course, everybody heard the track. I mean, era. even Asha Borsley heard my version, man. So everybody heard the track. Right. And it blew up in India, man. It was everywhere and it became a very... Uh, it became a massive rage. And as you know, the B line on that song is pretty lethal. Um, out of all the Indian songs, lethal. pretty much to this day, <laughs> the Churalia's bass line is... I used to use it as a sound check when I used yeah. to do gigs at weddings and set up the speakers. We used to Yeah, use and it you know those car magazines? It was always in there, man. 10 songs from the, from the global uh, scene that you oh, should really? try. And one, one of my songs, Churalia, was in there. <laughs> and it was the Woofer Destruction Mix. I called it the Woofer Destruction Mix. <laughs> The song is like seven and a half minutes long, man. Seven and a half minutes. Uh, yeah. It's a long song. It's a, it's a, a great beeline. And it, I think, I think it very much seems like that you, you almost brought remixes to, to India and, uh, and. Oh, hell yeah. And definitely. Very much, yeah. Because they were giving me a hard time, man. Sound. I remember they're going into clubs in Juhu and Bombay and all these places. And the DJ was like, we don't mm. play Indian music in clubs. I'm like, this is India, man. Nah, man. We'll play the American <laughs> stuff. We play all the English stuff. We don't play, uh, you know, Indian music kind of stuff. And I was like, drop this on the turntables, man. Because uh, I had a lot of white labels. And I did a lot of uh, yeah. white labels back in the days, of a lot of my tunes. And mm. as soon as they played it, man, the, sp- the place just erupted, man. And I was like, Crazy. are you sure you don't want to play Indian music in a nightclub? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then the guy was like, yeah, <laughs> dude, man, what is this, man? And then, yeah, I was like, Got loads of all this stuff, man. And he goes, and you know, it kind of just opened up the doors from there. And then the DJs then started realizing, man, we should embrace all these sounds, man. And we're Indian and we're living in India. We're trying to be like you guys. Like we're trying to be foreign like you. I'm like, no, man, we're trying to be like you, man. But we're just trying to (laughs) fusing it. We're kind of, we're kind of mixing it up. Like how a dish is served, you know, we're kind of just adding the Mm. merch masala. We're making it sound a bit more spicy and blah, blah, blah. I think doing it properly is the word. We're doing it very mainstream type. Maybe you're doing it with wishy-washy sounds maybe, or uh, maybe mm. the sound that you don't like, that you don't want to play in a nightclub. Like you know now, whenever yeah. you go around the world, you can drop an Indian tune in your set and everyone's going to love it. And if you're a good DJ, yeah. you know what you can drop and what you shouldn't drop because you have a variety Absolutely. of dishes now. You can serve mm. in a club, whether you're in New York or whether you're in uh, New Zealand, man, or whether you're in you know India or wherever, you know, it mm. will it can slide in somewhere. So we didn't have that back in the days. Now you can do it. No. Bali, I wanted to ask you just really briefly. I know like in the Indian industry, or amongst Indian people, amongst our culture, you were really making a name for yourself. What was that moment like when you crossed over into like, this is nationally accepted now, what, like wide, wide, uh, a wider appeal, and it's crossed over into other people's ears. It's not just 
in one secular kind of environment. What was that like for you? That was obviously the most um, amazing experience ever because for so many years, you're trying to do this. You're trying to get this music across. You're trying to get it. Why is it so big to get your record on an English radio station? Mm. Mm. Why? Well, what's, what's the big thing? It's a bloody big thing from where we come from because it's what we don't have. If we have it every day, right. we don't give a hoot about it. You know, um, mm, yeah. it was something like now we can get our records played or some on yeah. mainstream. But even then, as you know, very few, very, very, very few. Very different. Um, very different. You know, and, and, and why is that? There's so many cool guys out there now making cool music now, but it still doesn't stand up to a next man's track, which is say an English track or, um, you know, uh, an American track. Yeah, the production mm-hmm. can be as clean as tight, or um, and and the guy's rapping as good as any other rapper. Is it because he's Asian? So you know, That's it's always it? I mean, um, it's always going to be one of those things. Really, it's hard to compete with the mainstream being our color. Uh, but if it's done properly, it might get accepted. I mean, people say the language is an issue, but I always say, you know, what language, man? I listen to so many foreign tunes, man, Arabic yeah. tunes. Um, you know, I listen to French tunes. I listen to, um, you know, so many foreign songs that I don't even know what the language is about, man. I mean, I, I just like the vibe. It's music, isn't it? Despacito disproved that, didn't it? Because that was one yeah, of the big exactly. songs and how, how, like, you know, how many people speak Spanish yeah. in England. And certain songs just make yeah, you still feel try good. and sing along to it. And, yeah. <laughs> and you can't sing a word to certain songs. You think, man, this song is really, really good, man. And I don't know yeah, why, yeah. I don't know, but I just like it. So some people have told me, because that language sounds sweeter on the ears and your language sounds a little bit more rougher. I'm like, what are you talking about? Pangana or something where there's hoi, hoi. So you're yeah, yeah. classing all of our music in one genre. But I mean, right. at yeah. the end of the day, you know, um, Punjabi music, what is Punjabi music? You see, you're talking about a language here now. Is this a thing as Punjabi music? Is It could be R&B, it could be hip hop, it could be this. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about the language is yeah. Punjabi, but the track is R&B. Mm. Yeah. Does, does it yeah. does it does this still have to be called a Punjabi track? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, if it's R and B, if it's R and B track, you should say this is R and B track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a it disco is, track, it's, it's disco. the way it's composed, isn't it? If the it, composition of it, I think if it's trap, it's trap, or not. like when you hear a you know a, yeah. a, a nice English tune or something, you don't sort of pigeonhole it. You just think, oh man, that mm. track is really you know this. But yeah. automatically you'll say this Punjabi track because of the language. Uh, yeah. You know, and so that's always obviously a, th- a thing that's always there as, as well. That, that kind of catapulted you into an era and uh, around the mid to late 90s, you, your all original album, Rising from the East, released in ni- 1996, which... Uh, have, you, have you got this written in front of you? Because I was going to say, how do you know all these dates, man? <laughs> have you got it written in front of you? <laughs> um, um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you, you got some good, good memory there, bro. Yeah, 1996. I'm like, you got it all written in front of your screen. You're on. Bally, if, if you want to start updating your Wikipedia, we can do that, you know. Yeah, yeah I can do your Wikipedia for you. If you want. Yeah, no wonder, no wonder you're looking over to this side. You're like looking at the Wikipedia. You're like, yeah, man, I know everything about you, yeah. bro. I know everything about you, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Bill G's was on that, that oh, album man. and that hit yeah. number 12 in the UK charts. And also that led to touring in India with Michael Jackson. And you became a sensation over there. That was a real, real defining era for you. And yeah. obviously, like you said, a year or two before that, you released Dub Asia. Uh, so it was Ish Records that <clears> that, that was uh, released on. Was that was that kind of a a new uh, a new era for you, bringing your music into into India, and obviously catapulting yourself and creating your own vocals and all original album. 
Um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I think dill cheese will, will always be the the one uh, point that defined my life in one go. Really, this is now me mainstream wow. with my own song, mm. Uh, mm. with my own music, and yeah. some say my best work to this day, as in Rising of the East. The title is what I said about my life. I came from India, just like the sun, mm-hmm. and I just you know it just rose from the east. And the album mm. kind of like was me. I went to Pakistan. I I made, I think some of the best music of my life. And uh, I worked with a great writer, Sam Sadik, who said to me, "Here you go, here you go." And he was just giving me hit songs like this. He was just writing them like this. And I was like, "Are you sure?" And he was this fast at writing, man. And yeah, Dil Cheese, Tom Winjia. <laughs> this is half of my rise in the east, and I was like, okay, overwhelmed. And then yeah, I did all the vocals there in uh, Lahore. And the next thing I know, obviously, um, we've charted, man. On a Sunday afternoon, listening to Radio One, the chart, and I'm number twelve, and I'm like, whoa! And guess what? Top of the pops next week. <laughs> I was like, crazy. This is what I was saying yeah, back in, in the seventies. Like, yeah, yeah. top of the pops was massive. Dude, like that was, getting your that was the, the, the that was holy the grail. music show. That was it was the a hell holy grail the music show. Yeah. It, we we live for Thursday evening and watch yeah. top of the pops on a, on, a, on a Thursday night. Um, and to see what that number one is going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was an amazing moment because and a very exclusive club to be on you, top of. The box, it was yeah. a big thing, man. I mean, I can't explain to younger kids or people that weren't around. Mm. Like this was mm. the holy grail of yeah. anybody. Even if you're Duran Duran, even if you're uh, George yeah. Michael, forget Manny Segu, man. I'm talking about every mainstream artist, top of the pops, man. Mm. And all Valley. of a sudden, yeah, <laughs> we're on top of the pops. You got to tell me about touring with Michael Jackson, man. I mean. <laughs> What, what an incredible experience that must have been. Yeah. Um, 1990, 1997. Um, history tour, wasn't it? It was the history tour. Uh, and uh, I was obviously mainstream. My, ch- my song had charted. And so they needed a mainstream Asian artist and obviously um, mm. fit the bill because I, um, I was in the mainstream. And we got 40, mm. 45 minutes on stage. So we did the whole, whole uh, live thing with all the musicians and the singers and stuff. And, 50,000 people in a stadium, man, in uh, Bombay. Uh, yeah. And and of course, Michael Jackson's going to be on the same stage in five minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it was an amazing experience, man. And yeah, uh, that's a, a, something that obviously will always be proud of, man. You know, I mean, not many people have had that chance, man. And, and obviously, all these people have come out to see Michael Jackson. But when I started and I did all my Churalia and Adya Najales, the whole stadium erupted, man, because... Yeah. My mm. tunes were already doing some really good stuff then, you know. I'd already had some great tracks out and people were like going mad and, you know. Um, so they were so more than happy to hear these songs live. And obviously, yeah. Jodalia just rocked the whole stadium. And I was mm. like, dude, oh. this is how this, this is how this is it should sound. Brought man. the house down basically. Because this is like a Jackson sound system, man. It's his yeah. people. Uh, this is their sound. And we probably had... Our compression was right down, man. So we can get 25%, 30% of the maximum uh, volume of the sound because it was kept for yeah. obviously Jacko. And yeah, at that absolutely. level, it still sounded, wow, amazing. And, um, and I remember all the staff and all the crew and all the guys that were brushing the st- stage as well. That was actually his crew. They're like, dude, man, what is this dude? <laughs> Who are you, man? And why are these people so screaming for, man? Are you, are you, are you, what are you, man? And I was like, what? <laughs> and those guys are like, we don't know these tunes, man. But yeah, these tunes are doing something, man. That I would love the sound, man. And 
I'm not, we're not, we're not just tablets and sitars, man. We're not all Balti chicken. You know, we do do other things. Yeah. As well, you know, yeah. you know, it's like, just because you're in India, you know, we don't all, you know, sit on an elephant, man. So, <laughs> you know, because these people have come over to uh, India for the first time. And there was a lot of, there was a whole crew, man, from America that have come for Absolutely, the whole yeah. tour. And they were jamming away to the, to the sound. And they were like, ooh, this is nice, man. This is like, I'm like, yeah, man. I said, we're from the UK. Um, mm. uh, yeah, this is my name. And, yeah, and then uh, and my guys were saying that, yeah, man, th- uh, this guy is mainstream now, you know, and check out his track. And they're like, yeah, man, definitely. And all the press guys were obviously really, really excited and going mad. And it was a really, really nice, uh, nice moment, man. The history tour. <laughs> yeah it, I mean it's iconic but but what was more iconic after that for me especially and I think a lot of people growing up here in the UK was Star Crazy 2 that came shortly afterwards yeah again and all original songs all all original yeah. songs but what what it felt like to me Bali is that you kind of crossed over from that Bollywood side yeah. and you started to bring in more Punjabi yeah because people were going so, and I was like okay I'm yeah, going to give you so some serious it had a real yeah. Yeah, it had a real Punjabi undertone yeah. to the album. And the trend continued into the millennium with Anything But Silence, short EP. Um, you had the Rishi Rich remix on there, which we spoke to him about in last season. Fantastic yeah. uh, EP and Nayo Dil Lagda. Great song, Brilliant yeah. Song. Again from Pakistan. Yeah. Um, great singer. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I gave Rishi the vocal and I'm like, you know, do do a mix on this, man. Um, and, 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 and he did really, a great job as well. And a great track. And then I, I was in the video at the end as well. I played a small cameo right mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, an amazing time. And I mean, that, the, the, just that, the whole vibe of those days is just something else. I mean, as I said, you were, was, you were there at that time. I mean, some people, they just, obviously, this is news to them. Yeah. Well, the, the crazy thing is for me, Bali, that when Star Crazy 2 came out, that kind of defined my teen years. That That is the tune that I remember always being in the car. Yeah, I just naturally, you know what, I just naturally. Yeah, all of it, all, all of it, the intro yeah, as well, yeah. you know. And those uh, interludes were just my silly idea. I'm not, I don't know if people yeah. dig this. I'm like, listen, my Dr. But Dre it, can do this, man, and so, so guys did. can do it. I'm gonna do I was this. just going to say, it took, it took you on a journey through your album. It wasn't just track after track, it was kind of like, it was almost like a story and a journey that it took you on, but that album came at a time that there was the emergence of this huge British Asian music yeah. movement. That was proper UK Pangra, as they call it in India. That's the UK Pangra. Yeah. And that, that mm-hmm. is UK Pangra. If you want to hear UK Pangra, that's what we define as coming from this part of the world, you see? And Canada, they were looking at us, man. They were like, yeah, this is what at we... At that time of year, it was. This is, you know, where we look at for the Western style of stuff, really, because India wasn't doing it, man. India was not doing it. No. They, they came on board later. Um, mm. But in those days, they were looking at us, man, as in the UK. Yeah, there definitely was. I mean, around that time, like you said, like I said, you you um, you give an opportunity for Rishi Rich. He emerged through around that time, and then you had your RDBs and you had uh, your DJ Sanjis uh, from Canada. But very much the UK Bhangra. Yeah, it, it, it had the UK the sound. movement was was yeah. huge around, and it definitely did. And and that that also uh, leaked into Hanji as well. That album and which. Which still uh, bought the last album, yeah. still can rock a dance floor. Yeah. And like you, like you said as well, you you left the the loops at the beginning, so people knew. I, when I was on set, I used to loop it. I know, and I used to. Talk I know, I know. And I used to, <laughs> you uh, just loop that, it, man. Play for three minutes and just. Let yeah, it go, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do that deliberately. I'm like, I've always done that with a lot of my tunes. Um, 
and Bollywood guys, I mean, and untold times they've taken those loops as well, which is great, really. I mean, the Jeets use my loops in his stuff as well. I've heard my sug loops in a lot of Bollywood songs, uh, a lot yeah. of the Pangara songs from Punjab. Even today, my I can recognize my tabla dolok from the sug loops. Um, I recognize your hoy in even a lot even of host, English songs and a lot of Spanish songs. Yeah, but have well, you heard some it? Jamaican reggae songs as well? And they've used these hoys as well, man. That's yeah. it. That's it. You hear them absolutely everywhere. And like I said, I had Zag Loops too. So I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember all of that. But but what was fantastic in that era, obviously you 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 kind of made a staple in the British Asian music scene with these albums and your music was then supporting movies such as Bennett like Beckham and, and Monsoon Wedding. Great, great movie um, and great soundtrack as well. But more importantly, you rightfully awarded the Outstanding Achievement Award at the UK Asian Music Awards in 2003. For such a successful career. And personally, I, I would really like to, to thank you for being on the show and, and, and giving us the opportunity to hear your music for the last 30 years yeah. and, and, and for speaking to us today. Oh, that's always a pleasure man obviously it's always nice to let people know where the scene came from or what we did to get to where we are today and hopefully open the doors man and get our music across which is always the important thing really just to make our music global not one pete not two pete it's the three pete so what we're going to do now bali we're going to move on to the three pete so this is the part of the show where we ask you what three tracks could you play on repeat over and over again and this is to give our listeners an opportunity to um, to get to know your musical personality and very much so what you listen to and what you can continue to listening to. So what's your first one? Well, growing up in Birmingham, obviously growing, growing up in a very sort of multicultural sort of area um, and going to the record shop every day, one record that I bought on a seven inch was Bob Marley, uh, Is This Love? And brother, dun, dun, just that little groove there yeah, is just yeah. it puts a big smile on your face man and you just think i don't care what's uh, happening in the world right now yeah. it kind of yeah. and, and it always takes me down to that sort of day i sort of went to the shop and spent uh, 75 pence and i bought this tune <laughs> and it's a, it's an amazing tune but i love that song and yeah. when i saw it was on your three peat i was like it's just a it's a beautiful song. It's the a beautiful song. The thing about that song is I, I watched it last night on YouTube and I watched, but I, every time I listen to that song, I can't listen to the mastered version. I have to listen to the live version. No, I have to listen yeah. to a live version because it's that, like you say, that guitar riff. <laughs> it's not the same unless you hear that guy play that. that dun, 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 dun. Just that groove. Just that yeah, groove yeah. is like, I don't know. It just, it does something to you. I mean, just everything about it just the right uh, package and it takes you to that time of yeah. when, you, when, when you were growing well. up I mean, if you were there yeah. like you remember your yeah. childhood days and you're thinking man I remember when this tune came out and I was doing this at the time or I was there and in my frame of mind and what I was doing and I know exactly what I was doing I was making music in my room man thinking mm. I want to make music that sounds like this nice. how can I make my yeah, song yeah. sound like this and I don't have a whole a studio at my disposal and that was what was my influence, you know? That was my, like, you know, 
What a tune, man. What a tune. Yeah. And and you could feel close to it. I mean, Bob Marley and the Whalers, they, oh. they recorded in England as well. They very much they it was there. It was mm. it was it was possible. It wasn't mm. completely out of reach. I think that's a really strong first one that's there. That's my favorite Bob Marley tune. <laughs> well, I mean, that is my favorite Bob Marley tune of all time. I mean, I mean who who would not agree? Well oh no, I don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll get some real bloody nutter. Like I was like, no, I don't, I don't like that tune, man. I'm like, really? Don't like Bob Marley. <laughs> or I don't like that tune, even. I mean, even if you've yeah. never heard that tune and you play it now, I'm sure it'll bring a smile on your face, man. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay, so we started off really strong. What uh, what are we going to follow with, Bali? What's your second three-beat? Well, I mean, I think everyone, regardless, around the world, big fan, Michael Jackson. Um, we all love Michael Jackson tunes, man. And everyone has a special mm. one or one, you know, I know most people would say Billy Jean, man, or whatever. Mm. But for me, yeah. uh, so many tunes that I can home in on Michael Jackson stuff, man. But yeah, rock with you. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I bought the, I bought the album when it, when it came out, it was always at the front of my pile of my record collection, which just grew over the years. And I remember listening yeah. to it and every tune was just off the, off the wall, off the hook. And and, and 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 what a tune, man! And uh, uh, I think it's just memories for me. I mean, I don't want to get too like you know, but I think they all got memories for me of growing up, um, and and that's what makes them special for me. I'm not just talking about as in like you know, uh, you know, musically, everything is just amazing with the music, the whole sound and whole vibe and the whole composition and. Um, and then it takes me back to my early days about what I was doing and uh, how I missed those times. And and when you put the needle on the record and play that tune right now, it will just sound totally different than whatever you play right now. It's just got yeah. a certain edge to it. And yeah, there's no other song that will sound like it uh, afterwards or before. And, and that's a very hard thing to do when you think there's so much competition of today, you know, there's so much people doing a lot of different stuff, right? Um, mm. But it's hard to just, just say, listen to this, man. And there's nothing else that's going to sound like this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. And I think I think Rock With You is one of them ones that kind of really brought disco to the forefront. And that and that, and that vibe, and obviously well-produced. Oh, I was going um, to ask, I mean, actually, that... Um, Bally, in terms of you know producers, I know we, it's easy to talk about artists, but is Quincy Jones your uh, number one yeah. guy production-wise? Oh, I mean, everybody knows that man. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've I've always been a massive Quincy Jones. I mean, I bought his tunes when he was not Quincy Jones, but he was Quincy Jones. So I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, an amazing you know what an ear the man has, you know, and uh, all the all the songs, all the sounds that he puts together, working on this huge production, you know, that's how he got that sort of connection and I mean the man yeah. made Michael Jackson man you know yeah. what else do you, do you think uh, he gets yeah. enough credit for that Bally? I don't think so I think a lot of people you know I mean you know I don't think because time's kind of moved on now and people yeah, kind of like yeah. just grow and they forget what came through back in yeah. the day mm-hmm. just like us man when it comes to Mohamed Rafi or Lata Mangeshkar or you know we mm-hmm. wasn't really there at that time so you could just hear it through your parents now we are parents now so when our kids listen to it they're like nah we want that's what's happening now and listening yeah. to what's going on well, I now. Think, I think what's great as well, Bali, you, you have opportunities like like Netflix have got the Quincy documentary, which I, I watched and that was fantastic. Yeah. And it almost, it almost um, revitalized that, that appreciation that uh, for him and the production and what he's done yeah. throughout his career. I mean, can you imagine sitting in the studio with this man and just saying, Hey man, let's, oh. just let's have some fun, man. Just want yeah, to sit with you, man. And maybe just, 
take it in like, dude, did you actually make those songs, man? What the hell? Magician. What were you yeah, thinking? What were you yeah, thinking yeah. of, man? And you know, just like just the feel, man. Come on, man. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. that feel has been sampled so many times, man. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean, yeah. I mean, back in my early days, I had those feels because I love drum fills. I love all the rolls. Yeah. And I always like yeah. have a folder like this is a ragga roll, this is a reggae roll, this is a hip hop feel, yeah. you know. Um and some of those fills have come on house tracks, dance tracks, and everything, man. And you just time stretch it and put it in and just think that's the, you could recognize that Michael Jackson feel anyways. Yes. Anyway. It's like um yeah. Bob Marley's ones, all of Bob Marley's rolls and the mm-hmm. fills, you immediately know, man. <laughs> that's the Bob Marley fill there, you know. I'm that, guessing that's why they're your first and second three peats. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you just I think, you know, that's just the way songs were made in those days. Today, people don't do that. They don't have a drum fill or a roll or something. No. It just comes in or, or it's, got a, it's got a pad sound or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, no rules, man. No song should sound or start the same way. Like if you did it this time, like this, you change it this time. Like Nuri, Ajare. Yeah. No music, just yeah. coming straight with the vocal. That's a big thing, man. Absolutely. You know, so there's no music. You're going to come smacking with the song. Mm. And complete silence, no chords. No music, no chords or nothing. Just nah. a cappella. Um, amazing singer, Gunjan. And that combination of people are like, whoa, man, the song just starts like this. Complete silence. And then the bass roll. So you see, it just builds like that. And then you got something like Juralia, yeah. which takes two minutes to bloody warm up. <laughs> <laughs> but you see me. You, you definitely see, kept it different. Didn't yeah, you? you got to. And I always... Uh, one thing I've always done and I always will do, you bring the faders down on the desk, man. So you can't have the same EQ on every song. That, yeah. You can't. Great tip for budding producers. You can't, man. You've got to have every song sound the same. Every one of my songs will sound the same. Mm. And I don't know, this is a great track. Make another track like that. No, because I can't compete with that, man. I'm not going to do another song like that yeah. because you're going to say, that's better. So I'm already stepping on yes. dangerous territory there. Uh, so yeah, it dilutes everything. Yeah, and also it? it's hard for me to compete with myself, if I know I've done a really nice job there, I mean, I'm, why am I yeah, trying to yeah, even, yeah. you know, I want to make that even, you know, nah, just, just move on and do something else now, but maybe, okay, I know what you're saying, that kind of vibe. So vibe. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. you know, strip the desk down and then just start again and bring your faders up again and your pots back at 12 mm. o'clock. And then, you know, right now I ain't going to have the same EQ uh, and, and my Absolutely. vocals are not going to sound the same. Um, my reverbs are going to be different. Um, and all of my delays are going to be different. I mean, I love all, you know, it's all the atmosphere sounds in my songs that people p- pick out, that, that little atmosphere you put in the background. And that is what I yeah. love doing. It's just that sprinkle in, mm. in, in just a laid back track, but I can still elevate the tune. Yeah, and, and, and that's the detail. Takes it off the page. That's the detail mm. you need to uh, sort of try to master. And then your song, even something very simple, will just sound just that much more, I think a little bit more, like it pushes it up on the, on the Richter scale, you know? Um, and yeah. I, I think that's quite something that I've always done. Like I would still take my time on something very simple and, but then I'll mm. do these little things which are boring to somebody who doesn't come from a musical background. But if a yeah. guy's into music, he'll think, okay, why? Because a lot of people would say to me, I notice yeah. that thing that's panned to the right and that thing that's panned to the left, that it just comes in for a second mm. and it's gone. I'm like, did you like yeah. that? Yeah. What was it? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's got a lot of reverb and delay, man. Does it just pan? Does it pan? It pans. It definitely pans. I'm like, cool. <laughs> okay, Bali. So what's your third? So what's your third three-peat? What we're going to top it on? Well, I mean, you can tell my taste in music, man. I mean, obviously, everything I just kind of like lean on is 
all these kind of vibes, really. I mean, you know, I mean, I like think most people will say that, yeah, that was a bad tune. That was a bad tune. Um, one of the probably longest records I've ever bought, um, as in just went on forever, was Barry White. You're my first, you're my last, my everything. Dun, 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 such an iconic forget Juralia Juralia is a 7 inch last year was like 15 minutes like whoa man I mean you want an intro play that track man mm. yeah you yeah. can go home yeah. have some roti come back take a bath <laughs> and the, the song still hasn't started yeah it's just got a long intro man and yeah. it's just the Hyatt and it just kind of just builds man and just everything just comes in like just nicely and you're like this is just getting warmed up, man. Yeah, it's three yeah, minutes, yeah, 42 right. seconds. Three minutes, 42 seconds. Timeless, just, timeless, iconic tune. That I is. Mean, and Barry White's vocal is untouchable as well. Play that song on a record, not on a CD. Oh, no, you'll get a completely different, different noise. You will hear a night and day difference. Even the new, yeah. uh, the new compilation yeah. with Barry White songs, man. Play the record immediately and then play the CD. You yeah. will hear a night and day difference. Just pops and crackles from the record as well. Just give it that, yeah, that it's just that whole, that feel. This is just, yeah. the, just the whole... Um, experience and uh again i bought that record um and i'm like whoa man what is this man and i was like this is amazing yeah. sounds and just the whole uh you know 12 out of 10 for the production oh yeah yeah so <laughs> mac that's uh that's actually the score i'm gonna give just, you for your three oh, wow. like, <laughs> four, four <out> <laughs> i'm glad i thought you guys were gonna say no, what kind of song what? is that man what's the matter with you man no, 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 no. <laughs> no you know what i'm gonna I'm, i i've said this i've said this a lot right and chuns knows what i'm about to say but this is the first time where i honestly think that this is because you picked three songs that are historically significant bob marley barry white michael jackson and for me like those are those songs are the songs when I was a really young, the first kind of exposure to music through Michael Jackson, through Bob Marley and Barry White. And so because you're so in my wow. you're so in my mind when you pick those songs, that's well, the best three piece. Well, Mac, you got good taste in music, bro. You got good taste in music, down. man. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you know what? Yeah. Is this love is just a beautiful tune. It, like you said, it yeah. makes you smile. Oh, Rock with you is another one that just warms your heart, but it's it's but the thing with these these three songs are not only are the classics, mm. it's everything that goes with them. The length, the fills, the production, the vocals. They they're as close I as three so. perfect think, songs as you're gonna you're not, get. Yeah, on because that. It doesn't really get I mean, I, I, I don't oh, pick, pick no best, Beatles tracks. Honestly, the Beatles didn't do anything for me. I wasn't really around yeah. then. And mm. my dad was heavily yeah. into the Beatles. Even the cut mm. the cover of their sleeve, Masafas, they dressed like the Beatles. Yeah, that's that right, was a yeah. very uh, heavy influence for a lot of people in those times. And when I hear the Beatles tunes, yeah, I do, you know, some of them are pretty cool, but do they influence me? I wouldn't say so. Otherwise yeah. I'll be saying, yeah, man, that's, but these tracks do definitely do something to me. And I think everyone's different. Like another person might say something else. I mean, like, you know, I love my hip hop, but uh, Dr. Dre wasn't around when I was growing up. You see that mm. sound came a little later yeah. when I was yeah. growing up. And back in this time, I was listening to these type of things. I was listening to, Bo I was listening to Boney M. I was mm. listening to, you know, a lot of disco music. And yeah. uh, of course, Saturday Night Fever was probably the one moment that defined me as a, like, this is a soundtrack, man. Mm. This is what you call music. Listen to the songs, yeah. listen to the harmonies, listen to the whole, whole production and everything. The <laughs> final part of the show here. Bally, we ask you the final question. Are you roots or rhymes? 
I think that's quite simple, man. I'm both. <laughs> I'm roots and I'm rhymes, man. I'm, you know, I've got my roots. I have my roots. Yeah. I carry my roots, and I also have rhymes. I have loads of rhymes. Listen to my music, man. Plenty of rhymes. You know, I so think I'm if both. anybody defines <laughs> roots and rhymes within their music and uh, and their yeah. their taste, it, it, it has to be you, Bali, and it's it definitely resonates, and we can definitely. Uh, Thank you, Mr. Kate. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. It's uh, it's. I mean, it's truly chance for us. I mean, it's it's truly a blessing when you know, like I said at the start, the start of the uh, the show, the word yeah. legend gets banded around way too often these days. So does pioneer. So does great. And we've got to interview a true, true pioneer. I mean, the first person on you know to break through. You're talking about this that can never be done again. You know, this thing. There's certain things that happen in history that can never happen again. You'll never get the breakthrough of an Asian person on, you know, on a mainstream <clears throat> show like that, breaking into the charts. The first time can never happen again. So we always have to pay homage to that guy who led the way, paved the way, because without you, Bali, there would be no today's generation. So, you know, we just want to thank you for your contribution to music, for your contribution to our musical lives and uh it's been an absolute pleasure, man. What a, what a blessing. What a career. Thank you so much, man. It's really kind of you to say that, man. I hope you guys enjoy my new music. Uh, you know, the new album is done. It's all ready. And, you know, it's actually sitting right here next to me. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it, man. And oh, it's fine. You know, if you'd like it, it's cool. It's all part of a journey. It's all a ride. I just hope people can connect through all these different songs and sounds. I mean, you relate to one song. Another person can relate to something else. As long as I connected you with my music. That's... Uh, that's the thing and that's what music is about it's not anything about anything else really it's always about uh, experimenting collaborating experimenting pushing the boundaries trying something different and just not be uh, somebody just follows you know if you like this show don't forget to hit subscribe and rate on whatever platform you're listening on and follow us on twitter and instagram at roots and rhymes for all the latest news and updates And rhymes. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.